Episode 311, The Rant, Tim Blackford, assistant coach of the boys' varsity basketball team at St. John the Baptist. Every time Tim and I catch up, it's always a ball. In this pod, we discuss the state of the pandemic now, having a shortened season but making the most of it, balancing coaching as well as teaching, where he got his passion for coaching and teaching, and what the future holds, all while catching up. All that and more, my conversation with Coach Blackford, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for The Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, and it's we're live February 18th. And I, all I see is snow. I see some big flakes coming out there right now. You see the big flakes? Yo, I don't know how you get home. I'll get home, man. I'm, I'm, my birthday's in February. Well, you got you you got a V dub too. Those are good in the snow. Yeah, and I have stick, so I know I have like complete control. Oh, you like driving stick? You like playing with the stick, don't you? Here we go. Yeah, I, I knew this guy was going to start, but listen, I have extraordinaire assistant coach on the varsity boys side for St. John the Baptist. Go Cougars! Go Cougars! Also, a coach that has been a thorn in my side on the AU level, and somebody that just cares deeply. You know, as a teacher, as an educator, as a person that, you know, I know anybody that he touches, you know, they really get a good perspective. Maybe, maybe it might be not, not the best way to, to say it, but I'll say that, um, you know, I, I think he's, he's just, a, just a trusted friend, man. I just, I'm happy to call him somebody as a friend in my life. Mr. Tim Blackford, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. So truth be told, we had, I want to say like after Memorial Day, we came here, we did a podcast and... I got caught up, dog. I don't know what happened. Um, and we were just talking about Long Beach off here. I think this whole summer I did like 600 White Claws at least. Like Long Beach was great this summer because they had this little super spreader event that all these kids were doing. So they were only letting people that had like the resident passes. So like I've never seen it where the weekday was busier, but there still wasn't a lot of people versus the weekend was like locked in. You had to be like a resident and it was to amazing. Yep. Yeah, it was crazy. But nonetheless, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad we're back here again. I always enjoy talking to you. Me too, man. Me too. And, and I didn't feel that way. So truth be told, I remember one of like the first instances I saw you at Island Oh, no, 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 no. So I, I, rem- I remember my first run in with you. 
I'm sitting there on the bench with my boy Pitch. We where, where was this? Is it on Garden? Okay. And we were crying, laughing, because this is going back probably like six, seven, eight years ago. You come in in your tight joggers to rap, <laughs> and we're like, "Yo, does does he think he had a soccer game? Like, yo, where does he think he's at?" We're like, "There's no way this man's refing right now." And the best part is from the jump, like you just, we could go back and forth. And for me, that's what I always respect in, mm. in somebody in the stripes. Mm. Because if I can't have a conversation with you, I'm like, this is just going to be a boring game. This is going to suck. So you were you were preying upon me because you were like, oh, look at this soccer guy. Let's let's see what he's Well, about. it's like the typical thing I do every time. I'll ask questions. Just see, so you're going to the mall after this? See how knowledgeable you are. But why do you do that? Like, why? Because it's just one of those things. It's like you, you want to make sure you have someone who is good at their job at it. You know mm. damn well for those AAU games at Island Garden, you could be having someone who has no business being on the court. Mm. And so if I just, you know, talk to you, see what you see in different plays, like, I'm not being a complete about it, but, like, if there's a call that I necessarily might have seen a different way, I'm not going to jump down your throat right away. I'm going to be like, hey, what did you see from your perspective here? And so then when I ask that a couple of times, I'll get a feeling, like, okay, this dude knows what he's doing. So you had a satisfactory answer for whatever I said. Yeah, you gave good answers. <laughs> Perce- I don't know if you had the cheat book or not, but... Well, listen, I played ball. I mean, I played in the Catholic League. I played at Kellenberg. Like, I know what time it is. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't play a lot. I didn't play a lot. But I definitely have been around great players, and I know what it takes to be good um, to get to the next level. And I know that that's one of my biggest regrets in life. You know, like, I wish I I wish I had the mindset that I have now, like, with refing. Because, like, oh my God. as much as a... Because at the same time, like, yes, I'm successful in it. I have this podcast. I've, it's given me so much. It's opened so many doors. But I wish I had that same tenacity because I had the talent, 100%. I just did not have the work ethic. I did not under... And it's not that I didn't have the work ethic. I just think you're so young that... And I was talking about this on episode 300. You know, just when we're talking about JoJo and, you know, sometimes... Andre Brown... Such would, a special kid. And like, we'll t- we're we're going to get to your memories about him, but... um. When I was saying, like, when I think about if something good happened to me as a high schooler, I still didn't know how to act because you just don't understand how to, like, these are, like, the first times you're feeling this emotion. That's why everyone says, like, the first love that you have. It's, like, uncontrollable, unconditional love, and it's always going to have, like, a special place. Like, that's why I think it's so important to have somebody like you because if I had somebody like you that could relate to a kid and say, like, not to say that I went through this, so you should do this, just to be able to identify something and like really connect with the kids. I think that's where I attribute a lot of my success in volleyball because I can relate to the kids. Like I listen to the music. I, well, not, I don't, not that I want to listen to the music, but you can't help it. But listening to it in the timeouts and the the pregame warmups, but or like the bus rides, like, and I think like exactly what you just said. Like I think that's partially why. I'm a successful teacher, but also partially why I'm a successful coach. Like at the end of the day, like both those professions have very similar things that cross over. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, my number one takeaway as a teacher, is like the most important thing to me is building that relationship with a kid because a kid is not going to learn from you if they don't respect you or feel like that you're there for them. Like the amount of times, whether it was when I was teaching in Harlem or in Adam Queens, like kids are just like, oh, like genuinely feel like, oh, you actually care about us. And, like, you can see their demeanor change when they say that. And it's the same thing on the basketball court. 
right? Like you build that relationship with the kids and like, they're going to do whatever you say. They're going to run through a wall for you. They're going to dive on that loose ball. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Like I look back now at all the kids I have, like the amount of kids that I have who are, you know, freshmen and sophomore in college, some are playing, some are not, but like, I'm still in contact with all these kids. Like I look back at that as like, whatever games we won, whatever it was, like my success is to still the relationships that I have with these kids mm-hmm. where I have kids who, you know, are hitting me up to see how I'm doing during the pandemic. Like that was what like realized to me, I was like, oh, shit. like, like this is, this is, I made, you know, an impact on this kid's life. Like I have, you know, and he will go down by far as my favorite kid ever. He's not even a player of mine. He's, he's family. And, but so like he hit me up on Father's Day. Be like, hey, like, I didn't have one in my life, really. You you have been that for me. You're that support. And, like, you know, that just, I I was outside with my buddies, and, like, I read this text, and I'm bawling my eyes out. Bawling my eyes out, and I have Budweiser in one hand. And they're like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> and it's just, like, you you don't realize, like, at the end of the day, you never really realize right away like the impact you have on relationships with with people that you build. Mm. I gotta have a whole series with you because like I feel like just as a as a coach to a ref, but I'm also a coach. I think that's also like why it's easy for me to empathize with when you're getting charged up. Remember, all refer not all referees are coaches. Like when you're a coach and a referee, you understand, you understand the things. preparation that you take to you understand the text messages that you have with the kids. So it's coming from a different place. Now, if I have a game of St. John the Baptist at 4 p.m. and Coach Blackford's on the court, you know, and we just, we're just kind of, you're yelling at me. I'm not thinking about what you did on Monday at 10 a.m. during President's Week. I didn't know you spent two hours with them, that you were talking to them, that you were caring for them, that you were working on. I'm just thinking like, oh, I got Coach Blackford today. But it's you like, get oh, what I'm saying. You don't, I, got, you don't, I got him, Jake, and Devon in my ear today. Oh, God. The, the trio of us on the bench are just, oh, my God. Yeah. It would be good if you did not get one of our games this year. Yeah, I don't, well, I, I don't have one right now, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, I wanted to talk about the two Giants that just recently passed away in the tri-state area, uh, most notably Joe Monty Wright, um, guard at Uniondale, who was one of the top freshmen in New York State. I think he was the top. Garden, uh, freshman guard in, in New York State, and also Tom Konchowski, who has, you know, for decades and decades has been giving guys the gr- the, the green light, the the nod to to get to the next level, and really just evaluating just his, you know, I was able to do a podcast with him, and his memory was encyclopedic. Um, just to give you just some time to just talk about your thoughts on on JoJo. So we put basketball aside, and he was just a special person, like lit up rooms. You put basketball in the mix and, you know, step on the court and even at his height, best play on the court. Like, that competitiveness that he had, that drive, that passion. I remember when he came to a workout at St. John's, his, our first year, um, a very close family friend of theirs was our JV coach. And so we just had, like, an open run. JoJo came down, and I believe at the time he was seventh grade. And, and like, just stepped on the court instantly, just one of the best players there. You were surprised that he was and in seventh grade? We we knew come what the oh you knew, knew how he was, old he yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. but like just the way just the way he like like seeing him in handled person himself the way he just like you know skills aside like his just 
even at that age, like his like leadership and his just like ability on the floor, be like, hey, like no, like do this, like it's just it was special and it's not something that you see every day, and like it's just awful thinking about that he is not going to be able to play out this and because he had the ability and he was just, you know, special in the court, special in the classroom, special everywhere. You know, would light up a room, make you laugh. He was an extremely good student. Like, he was the whole package. And, you know, it makes you question a lot of things in life. I'm just having a silence because I was really thinking about that, just questioning it. And yeah, because it's like one of these things. It's like it's like why? Yeah, yeah. And even I was even thinking about this, just like coronavirus tragedy, 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 tragedy every day. And it's like this was completely unrelated to coronavirus, but also it's kind of related to coronavirus because Uniondale wasn't practicing, right? So he was going to a workout. So it's like okay, I mean, it wasn't coronavirus, but it was still coronavirus related. And you know, I I think about the time when I refed him. I'm like, he definitely has a future, right? I, I mean, at right now, as it's constructed, as an eighth grade, he's definitely low division one right now as an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So his ceiling to me was to the limit. And just his connections with Andre and being able to normalize being around NBA guys, I think it was, you know, it's, it's, it's sad to me because I just truly enjoy people that are just mature beyond their years because I think about, I always think about my time and I'm, I'm a Uniondale kid. You know what I mean? I'm from Baldwin, but I would have went to Uniondale had I not gone to Kellenberg. You know, I often think about my time, like, would I be playing eighth grade? What if, if I went to Lawrence road, would I be playing at Uniondale at eighth grade? No. And I thought I was good at basketball. But, but hold on, let, let, let's just, let's just rewind for a second. Cause it wasn't like just, just playing and being on the roster. Mm-hmm. Like he was dominating. He was dominating yeah. doing his thing. Like, like there's a, there's a difference of like, you know, that good eighth grader who just pulled up to JV, yeah, 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 pulled yeah. up to varsity. You're going to be good. You're going to be the eighth play. man on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll get, you'll get, you know, a couple minutes here. No, like he, he was dominant mm-hmm. at that age against kids who were what? Four or five years older. Yeah. Yeah. It was easy for him. It was easy. That That's the best way I could describe him. Do you have any experience with Tom Kanchowski? Any, any memories? Um, met him once. We were at, um, who was Cardinal Hayes playing? You give him your last four of your social? Um, <laughs> no? Oh, um, when I was at Cardinal Hayes Malloy, mm. when Hayes went up against Cole Anthony, Moses, Kalik, um, Hayes is a jungle. Joe Lodes. Oh my God. Joe Lodes of Cardinal Hayes being from Rockville Center. I've known him for a pretty long time and, you know, Always enjoyed going up to the Bronx for his games or going to Queens for his games. I remember I was, you know, walking by and Tom was there, you know, just said hello and was like, this this man is just the legend. Like, you know, saw him in Allen Garden like once or twice. But that's the thing. It's like you just, everyone knew who he was and just the presence of him. You're like, this man is just a walking legend. Mm. And you said it like it was on your podcast, right? Like, you know, just his yellow pad, just all of them, and just his memory of everything about everybody. We miss both of them. Mm-hmm. It's just ironic that they both are going to be inextricably linked of passing away at the same time. Somebody that has been in the game so long and had such an impact and somebody that's been not around so long and had such an impact. And look, I, I look think, at the impact JoJo had. Like, yeah. 
just like all the people that came out. Did you go? I did not. I had. I um, tried to go. It was way. T- it wait. was. It was also way cold that day. Remember that day? It was. It was like. Fourteen degrees. It was frigid. I can't believe how many people were out there. I was I was there, but I was like like two hundred yards away from the. And stage. so I had something going on in Queens, and like it was just something that I couldn't move, unfortunately. And it's just like, you know, we had we had a couple of kids go down with Jake, because um, you know Jake is, you know, was close to the family as you know he has his world with everybody. Look at what they're doing with that street. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Like when when else does that happen? Never. Never, never. Like but that—that's the best way to memorialize them, though. You know, and that's um, it's just—I don't know—it's just tough, man. It's tough. But you know, aside from that being tough, of course, the coronavirus. I think about the time that we first spoke and sat down, and um, we'll just leave that unpublished and just record this and, and publish I, this. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> it was such a different time in the pandemic. I think at that time, right after Memorial Day, was when it was like. You know what? F this. We're gonna go to barbecues. We're gonna just be socially mm-hmm. distant. But like, you know, at least we're outside, like doing something. Remember that time? Like we were stuck in our house, and we were so happy that it was warm. Yeah, it was warm. You can get outside. Like, just get some do fresh something. Air. Like yeah, you still stayed socially distant, but something. it's like still to get out and go do something. Yeah. And like, whether it's like you know, go to a park and sit, have a couple of drinks, have food, go to the beach and do the same. It's just like you're doing something. You're not staring at the same four walls mm. all day long. Mm. So this whole year, just being. You know, stuck in this pandemic, being a teacher in New York City, that'd be, you know, just an interesting thing to just, for all my listeners to just, like, hear how that is, like, always going back and forth. A, a year into it, I want to go back to March. How how are you doing? How's your family doing? When was the moment that you took all of this, like, going back to March? When, when was the moment that you took all this really serious? I would say that Sunday when they said that, you know, DOE schools are shut down. And in my head, I was like, oh, never. This, this is how ha- right. never thought that would happen. Right. Like, we, we rarely close on snow days. <laughs> like, I was like, I, you know, it was one of those things that I'm like, this is happening. And it was also that same weekend where, like, all the supermarkets, that's when, like, the supermarket craze, like, really hit. Like, not just toilet paper and that stuff, but, like, I remember I went out and I'm like, there's nothing here. Like, this is, this is bananas. Teaching wise, it was, no one had any clue what we were doing, especially in the city. Like, Technology was so far and few, like, you're in the Stone Age. Having to get a lot of kids' technology, iPads, laptops, things like that. But then also just figuring out how to do things. And I think actually, looking now that it's February, it's almost coming up on a year of, of since being home for it, I realistically feel it's actually going to help the city in a lot of things. It's going to help the city with different curriculum and things of that nature. It's going to help you know, teachers just doing different things. So many times you have the old the old school teacher that just does the same thing year in and year out. And you couldn't do that now from home. I think also a thing that I've seen that's been very helpful is in the city we have a lot of kids who, um, we call them LTAs, long-term absences. And, you know, for whatever reason, they don't come to school. You know, they just keep getting, you know, being repeated, repeated until they're 21 and they're aged out. And it's also, it's awful. Because as much time as you try to take to be like, hey, like, what's the issue here? You never really, you know, understand it prior to the pandemic because majority of the time they won't respond to emails or phone calls or things like that. Right. But now in the pandemic, like, you have kids who, you know, might be the equivalent age-wise of a junior but credit-wise as a freshman 
who the past couple of years have done nothing and they are one of your best students in your class. And then you come to build, go back to relationships and you get to know these kids and you find out the reason why they weren't coming to school is because of their anxiety. And, you know, prior to the pandemic of just different issues mentally that were really preventing them from coming into the building. And so now you have these kids that are shining as students remotely. And so now it's made me think of like, how can we integrate the two? Cause there is going to be a day that we're back in the building. There is, you know, as of today, you know, DOE high schools are still, still closed. I'm still teaching at this desk, you know, five days a week. There's going to be a day that I'm in the building five days a week, but we can't go back to that where now we have those kids that have anxiety and have different mental things going on where they're scared to come into a building and we just let them fall again through the cracks. There needs to be things implemented to be able to help kids that are coming to the building, but then also for kids who aren't coming to the building for them to succeed as well. Mm. Cause at the end of the day, like whether it's coaching or teaching, the kid is the priority. When, when I go back to June, when we first spoke, I remember both of us were not involved with basketball. It just wasn't yeah. like in existence. And then I know you mentioned off air two months later, that's when things started opening up for you. What was that experience like getting back on the court and how it is now? Just high risk sports that just got announced late January. Governor Cuomo said it was a go. And now you're in the midst of your season. Yeah, it was it was a weird time. We got I, I think it was like August, September ish where we started doing um we started doing workouts for St. John's. And we would do a couple nights a week, just a few different things, everything socially distant. But the big thing was like we weren't playing live. Like we just wanted we wanted our boys getting in the gym. because um, we knew a lot of them. The unfortunate thing is a lot of them weren't working on their game. And, like, we see it now even, like, the kids who... But you do understand that, though, right? Completely. Like, like, we get it. And, like, our big thing was, like, gyms are opening. We have this availability. It's like, hey, like, let's see what we can do. Were you putting out the feelers? like? And, and I'm just asking from a coaching perspective because I've been very hands-off with volleyball. Mm-hmm. But now that we know that we're going to have a season in five weeks, like, okay, there's, like, a discernible timeline that I know that we have to get prepared. So it's understandable. It wasn't like... Oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to be open February 1st. And that's why you have to come to, at least on the basketball end of the season, you have to come to a level of understanding. These kids might not, because they weren't thinking that this was going to happen. Exactly. And so we always had the hope that, like, okay, we might have our season, like, from the beginning. And so I think that's where our mindset was, like, hey, if we're allowed to go into gyms, they're open. And we weren't forcing anybody. Like, you know, when I had, with my AU kids at Lightning, that was one of the worst. Like, I had... We had tryouts a week before everything shut down. And so we never practiced before the pandemic. And so then, you know, me constant contact with them, like once a month, I would reach out to the parents and everything, just check in on everybody. But then also be like, hey, like I haven't heard anything. I'm keeping you up to date. Um, And I remember it was like July, I think, where originally they said that gyms are going to be open. But then they excluded them from whatever that phase number was because I don't even know what phase we're up to right Right, now. right, right, right. Um, I don't even think we do the phases thing anymore. We, we don't, right? I don't know. <laughs> I, I try to avoid looking at some of that stuff sometimes. Mm. And so we, you know, would be in contact with them. And once it said it was open, I'm like, okay, what's everyone's feelings with this? Like, because whether it was for AAU or for high school, like, we never want someone to feel like they have to do it. Because at the end of the day, like, whatever your feelings are towards this or what's most important. So you're not holding that against the kid. That's not saying, at all. Yeah. No. And so like for me, AAU wise, so I had nine kids on the team. And so all nine started coming to stuff. Like when I started doing stuff, I think it was like September ish when I started when Island Garden finally we started getting stuff going. 
And then we had one practice a week, you know, was doing a socially distant thing. And it was strictly just workouts. Like I'm just getting kids working out. And it was the same mindset I had from that we had for Baptist. Like, you know, my whole thing was I want these kids ready and sort of have tried to have some of the rust off if there are high, it's high school season. And so then when it started getting to be about around Thanksgiving, when, you know, numbers start going up because of holidays and things like that, I had, I had a couple of kids from, you know, AU that, you know, parents are like, look, like it's not, we don't feel comfortable anymore. I'm like, all right. I'm like, that's understandable. Like I get it. It's, you know, do you, you know, you're still going to be a part of the team when you feel comfortable, come back. Um, but then numbers started really going up. And so, you know, it would be, I'd have two or three kids at a practice. And so it was, I think it was either the last week of November, or the first week of December where I was like, let's just take, let's take this year off, like the remaining five weeks. Enjoy your holidays. Who would have ever thought a world would be like oh my this? God. Coach Blackford being like, you know what? Let's just take the next, yeah. let's just let's take, take this the next five off. weeks off. Like, <laughs> like I remember I came home, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like this, I'm like, I've, this is not working. This is not. Yeah. And like, you know, you feel bad for the kids who are coming there, but it's just like one of these things where it's like, we sort of got to get, it was one of those things where we got to put basketball aside to make sure everything else is good. Because as nice as it was getting in the gym, you sort of have to think like, is it this worth the risk type of thing? And so St. John's, we had something a little similar with workouts. I believe there was... I forget what the cause was, but I remember our athletic director one day was like, you know, he was fully aware of what we were doing. He, you know, never once from the get-go was like, you can't do this, and we went and did it. Um, but then when it got to the point where he asked us to put a pause to it, we did. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, basketball's not the priority. You know, the health of everybody is. And I feel like our staff, we had a really good understanding of that. Mm. And that that's a good thing to know because that's just like, you know, that has to be the status quo because – you know, fortunate enough that you had a gym because like I really realized like in the summer, like it was so hard just the fact that it was like speakeasies, you yeah. know, like, oh, this gym is open. I heard that this and, and listen, I've had my opportunities to referee. I've said no because I just have been, you know, completely out of it. Well, like look at Sousa, right? You saw all those workouts uh, like on Instagram and everything. It's just like what's that called? Who the person that's recording it, like me? <laughs> yeah. Well, before you were doing that, like you saw like whatever, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Oh, you was, mean the, like, on the basketball on the too. basketball side? Got you, got you, got you. And like, I wasn't there yet. I remember like because we we were talking about using that facility because it's good central location for St. John the Baptist. And I remember you know guys at Lightning were like, hey, like are you guys in there? Like what? How are they doing things? Like before they were supposed to open up, and we weren't because that's the thing. Like before things were open, like we're not. We weren't risking that. Right. We don't we don't need that on us. Because no. at the end of the day, like, if we went into a gym when we shouldn't have, and if it was one of the coaches or if it was a kid who got sick, we're going to feel like shit after. Yeah. I agree. During this whole time, you know, just being a teacher, being kind of a coach when mm-hmm. all this was happening, and then now, like, being full-fledged back into it. And I do want to hear your experience, like, so far in that. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of – the coronavirus. Learned a lot. So, like, this time really gave me a lot of time to sit back and just, like, figure out what's best for me in life. Um, living on my own, yeah, there was a couple of months where, like, you know, I would see my landlord every once in a while. But, like, there was really no legit, like, 
person to person interaction like you and I right now sitting across from each other. Yeah, even even just when I was thinking about the last time we recorded, it was like eight months ago now, yeah. and that's crazy to me. And like people would always, like you know my family and people would always be like, yo, like how how did you deal with that going through? I'm like, no, I'm like I learned a lot about myself. You know, it helped me understand what things I need to change in my life, but also what things were going well and what I need to keep going down that road mm. and keep pushing. I feel like I'm a pretty social person, but like it helped. Like it just, it relaxed me. It just, it gave me, it gave me a new outlook on things. Cause now it is like, you know, as things start to open back up, it's like, oh, like we, we can go do this now. Like, this is crazy. We couldn't do this before. And so it's just like one of those things that's just like, you're never going to, I'm never going to take things for granted anymore. Because of what went through at the beginning of this, where everything was, you know. Like things that would have never happened in real life happened. Like Correct. Texas getting snow and not knowing what to do in 19 degree weather. And thinking um, they can walk outside in flip flops and be like, oh, why, why are my feet turning red and purple? Like Department of Education closing <laughs> March 12th yeah. and saying like, because they, they didn't even close for a, a snow day. Before no, because he messed up so many times where he was like, "Oh, we're getting big snow. You have a snow day tomorrow," and there was nothing. Oh my god, I love those days. The best is I remember when I was when I was still in grad school. I was teaching in Harlem. We had uh, it was a Thursday night. I'd usually have class till like ten o'clock at night, and uh, I was supposed to get a big snowstorm. And like we all were already, you know, our thing was I'd be done teaching around three o'clock. First class was five. You know, we would walk up the hill to City College and you know stop at a bar, grab something to eat. You know much needed drinks to get through class and grad school class was canceled. And then we found out that work was canceled the next day. Oh my God. We all, we all were just like, okay, we're sitting here. And like, there's probably a group of 12, 14 of us. And then waking up the next day back home and being like, there's no snow on the ground. Like I get a free day. It's like, this is fantastic. And like moving forward, there's never going to be a snow day again in the DOE because it's just going to be like, Hey, you're going remote today. I think that was worth it though. No. For the whole year, have you been sitting at your desk? Oh, no, without, without a doubt. That's worth yeah. it. And I think it's also, but it's also like, it's one of those things where, like, the kids and the teachers sometimes need that snow day. True. And, like, so, like, I'm I'm going for my admin right now. And my professor, you know, was superintendent of a, of a big district down in Suffolk County for, I think, close to 18, 19 years. And he said, he goes, no, he's like, he's like yeah, as much as snow, like, snow days are 1,000% about safety. But he's like... You know, especially this time frame that we're sitting in right now for teachers-wise, when you go from February break to Easter break or spring break, like, sometimes that's six, seven weeks. Yeah. And, like, you just need a day to recharge. Like, you do. Because, you know, all the things you got to do at home, whether it's grading, you know, outreach, creating lessons, doing everything, there's, you know, you don't have enough time on the weekend to recharge from all that. And throw in coaching and doing other stuff on the side, tutoring, all that. Like, come on now. Do you feel recharged right now? Right now, I feel like I'm in a good spot. As you saw before you came here, I was working on a grad school paper. And so, like, it's 1.30. I would just be ending my last class today. But, you know, I was sitting here writing a paper all day. But at the end of the day, like, yeah, like, it's... I'm weird. I can just keep going with things. And, like, I do better when there's more on my plate because I'm better at organizing my time and being able to do things. And so, but yeah, you, everyone hits that wall. And so for me, it's usually the end of basketball season. Mm. You know, it was last year at the end of basketball season when I like went to work one day and like, you know, someone was like, you look like, (laughs) and I was like, thanks. appreciate that. After like in the morning I took like, you know, to like NyQuil, you know, AMs or whatever to, you know, wake myself up to get to the drive and, you know, left work early, go home. Yeah. Like 103 fever, 102 fever. It's just 
what runs you down at the end because going from going from Queens all the way to West Islip, coming back at home, getting home, practicing at seven o'clock, I'm home at eight o'clock. You know, I'm not sitting down and relaxing. I'm doing work. And I think that's part of the things that's not looked at by, you know, Unless you do it, you don't understand all the things that go through outside the hours of you teaching know, or coaching. Same thing as with the refing or anything like that. All I can think about is, you know, like, just like what you just said. If you had a refing day from Queens to West Islip, you're mm-hmm. like, you're you're really stretching yourself then. And you do that many times over, over the course of, what, three months, four months normally? Yeah, but I love that. Oh, yeah, because my understand. thing was the drive, right? That drive, whether it was, you Was know, cathartic for you? What SAT word is that? <laughs> I thought you were the educator. I'm a science teacher in math. I ain't English. Was it, was it like a, a thera- it's therapeutic? Yes. Was it a release for you? Like, oh, wow. without a doubt. So like that, that drive would just let me just like decompress depending, depending on how my day was. I'd usually, usually stop and grab a coffee on the way out, just decompress. And then the thing was like my, the, my favorite part of the day was getting to practice. So like me, like going through work, like. I, I knew at the end of the day, like we had practice, we had a game. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, this is, this can be great. Like no matter what happens today, like I'm going to end on this. And a lot, a lot of people I work with think I'm crazy. They're like, wait, so like you'll go from here to practice, go home, cook dinner and then do work. I was like, yeah, I'm like, because coaching and cooking, I'm like, those aren't chores for me. I'm like, I enjoy those things. And so, like, it's I all- see one strip of bacon. Is that? Are you gonna wrap that in something? It's like, where's? It's like three, four other- pieces. There's like oh, three okay. whole pieces. I there. only saw the one. I was like, Tim, <laughs> only one slice? Like, you're just defrosting one slice? Are you that meticulous of a serial killer that you just like put them all in specific Ziploc bags? No, I'm not that crazy. But so, like, if I so like tonight, I'm gonna do do some like you know grilled chicken. I'll do some bacon or whatever. But I, like, I saw it. It's ready. Yeah, I'll take the chicken though after like whatever I eat tonight. But I'll portion that out so that, like, you know, come next week on practice, right? You know, I'm back to work. So, like, I can go to the freezer and grab out that portion of chicken, go to practice, come back, and it's ready to go. Mm. And so, like, you know, I try to keep organized with that stuff because especially right now with practice and stuff like that, like, it's crazy. I'm not trying to cook every night. No, I feel you. Like, it's crazy. What's that experience like just going back to – the whole, well, first of all, I wanted to know what your reaction was initially when you found out that you were having a season. Then it got, the schedule was finalized and then starting to really, because I, I just think about this as a referee. When we found out, and I remember I was at Sousa. I was with a whole bunch of kids and like, that's what I'm used to now. I'm used to, and I'm, I'm a Kellenberg person. Shout out to St. Anthony's, man. I have such deep respect for all of those athletes that do lacrosse, soccer, Cause I see the amount of work they, yo, I'm just a 40 year old man trying to stay with them on the agility ladders. Right. But they really motivate me because it's like, I think of it as like Alabama. If you're trying to get into the NFL, how could you hate on Alabama? You have to go to Alabama. You That's how to. you're going to get to the NFL. If you want a division one scholarship in lacrosse, you're looking for a, no hate on your school, no hate on my school. I'm going to St. Anthony's. They're going to bring me to the promised land. Arguably you go there. Or I'm not. For the cross, I'm going to the promised land, right? So, I see them working day in day I out. I think Anthony's because there's no girls at Chaminade, so yeah. Well, we're talking about yeah, we're talking about girls, but but we both are on the same page. I with understand. That. You can you can admit it to everybody. Yeah, Come yeah. on. <laughs> so, I remember it was during the workout, and I was filming it, and they were saying, "I remember Mike, my cat, you know, Mike Kaplan." Mm-hmm. Gosh, so that's what we were doing for our workouts. So our boys would go to Kaplan for <sighs> for an hour. You got to go back. We go to Kaplan for an hour. 
He's then the man. We would get a court for an hour and a half, and then they would do yoga for an hour. Hey, that's a that's a nice, well rounded training and think session about that. day. Think about that for a high school athlete. Like I, we weren't doing that. If I had my Kaplan, I'd be. I don't know about the NBA. I might be like the all time leading scorer or all time leading like steals leader at a Division three school. If I was messing with my Kaplan, but. You know, going back to that moment, I remember Mike looked at me because he coaches at uh, Huntington High School. He's the girls' varsity coach. He looked at me. He's like, yo, they just announced it. We're going to have a season. I was like, what? And, like, all I could think about is, like, wait a minute. I'm not filming anymore. I'm not going to, like, edit it. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to, like, really rep. So I started thinking, like, wow, I really got to, like, rep. What were those moments, like, for you? Like, you going, like, well, I'm not coaching in theory and getting people ready for, like, an imaginary situation. Like, okay, we're going to have meaningful oh, we, games. we were ecstatic. Because also, like, we were looking at, we have... At Baptist, we have what well, we have six seniors, so we have a pretty heavy senior class, and two of which have been on varsity with us since we started the program when they were sophomores. And so, you know, it's one of those things that, like you feel awful for those seniors; they can't get a season, like, especially especially like you've been through the one and eleven with them. Uh, uh, they're sophomores, VG, don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Junior year, one and eleven. Then now you're like, all right, well, at least like now you see that you know they put forward. They've been through the struggles, and now right. we have the the young kids coming in. We have you know our juniors are talented, our sophomores are probably even more talented, and so like we wanted those seniors who really have been with us since the start to sort of see what direction we're going in. And yeah, we have a couple of them who can be playing at the next level. And it's one of those things that's like you look back at last spring, all those, you know, spring sports seniors who didn't get to play. Like if you look at that kid who only played lacrosse, mm-hmm. he just lost out on a senior year. Yeah. But now with this whole year, it's like we were potentially talking about every athlete losing their whole entire season. And it's like, what's going to happen then? And then it also brings up the whole question of like, okay, what do you do? Do you do you go JUCO? Do you do a postgrad year? What do you do here? And then that turns into when the NCAA, you know, announced that this year doesn't count. You know, it's not going to go against, you know, your eligibility. And so, like, I've got, you know, a couple of kids playing college, and they're like, so what's my, you know, what should I be doing? And so the whole thing is what, you know, with different ones, I've got, you know, one who he's at a community college. And so what I said to him, like, look, I'm like, the goal is actually let, let, let's try to get your film from last year. And if you have a season this year, let's get you out somewhere else to a four-year next because you'll have three years there. I mean, instead of, instead of what our goal was of you going here for two and then going to a four-year for two, I was like, this year's not going to go against your eligibility. So let's really make the most of it and get you transferred after this year. So you have three years to go play to four-year. So you get an extra year. Let's use it to our advantage. You know, why sit at, at this school for three years when you can go for two and then go play for three somewhere else? It just makes sense. And so I think that's actually going to hurt the recruitment of a lot of these seniors right now because college coaches are going to be looking for that kid who has college experience ready. If they can get a transfer in, especially with the transfer rules now, they're not going to take a flyer on a high school kid mm. when they've proven film and proven, you know, data on a college kid, they're gonna they're gonna pick the older kid. But how about this? Now they have the infrastructure that they're live streaming all the Catholic League games. Isn't that advantageous? Like something that came from the pandemic, the innovation that probably will move forward. Now that I can see a kid, without number, a, look at number fifteen without a doubt. And so now it was something that the Catholics, 
the Catholic League started, they started last year, where everyone got, I'm not sure if everyone, we had it installed. I know Trinity, Shamanad, Kellenberg. I think there was like one or two that didn't have it installed, but we had like the camera that's installed midcourt that follows the ball. Goes right up to huddle. And because with the Catholic League, like all film has to be posted to everybody. I think it's 24, 48 hours after the game. And so, you know, having that ability and now being able to live stream through that, like, yeah, you know, Friday night and Tuesday night when we played, you know, St. Anthony's respectfully there and then St. Mary's at home on Tuesday, like, is it weird in a gym? Yeah, it's even weirder when we pull the stands out and there's no one sitting there. And in my head, I'm like, why are we pulling these things out? <laughs> like, why, 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 why do we need to do that? Just leave, leave them closed. Um, and it's just quiet. It's just, it's just a weird feeling. You, you don't feel like you're at a real game. And the, the worst part is, like, everyone hears everything that comes out of your mouth. Facts. Completely everything. Whether it's good, bad, and different. So, listen, it's normal to me because I do girls basketball. So, that's, it's, so always- it's usually that quiet. <laughs> But I will say, and I, I don't know if I'm tipping you off right now, I could just see you going like like in front of the camera, like, hello, this ref right here, awful. Like, don't get him. I wouldn't do that in the camera. Come on. I'm not I'm not that cruel. I'm not I'm that waiting cruel. for somebody to do you, that. You know though, if I had like you or like Caramello or something like that, I'd be like, I'd call you up and be like, yo, what is wrong with you, man? Like, what's wrong with him? Like, does does he want glasses? Like, what do we got going on here? Like, does he need help? Now, when you say that, is it loud enough for the other ref to hear? The one that you're targeting? It depends if it's the first time or second time I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> if it's like second or third time that I got to like question you on your partner, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it loud enough. <sighs> There's so many ways we can go with that, but I'll go with the passion that you have for the game of basketball and just educating young men to become the best that they can be and using basketball as an outlet. So having said that, just talk about where did you grow up? What did you play growing up? What did you play in middle school, high school, and in college? Uh, I grew up in Rockville Center, went to Southside for high school, played lacrosse there, always around the game of basketball, played AAU, college didn't play anything, but really what got my passion for basketball was, you know, in college when I started working, doing after-school clinics, which then turned into doing, I was running a league in Rockville Center and then moved to Oceanside where we had about 400 kids in a league. And on Saturday, and it was great. You know, running this league, having kids from kindergarten to third grade playing in it. And that's where I truly was like, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Doing things like this is just, there's something. I think that's when I really got my passion for teaching at that age. Just being able to see, like, you teaching somebody something, you see them actually, like, pick it up and grasp it and be able to put it into work. There's nothing like that feeling. And so I think that's what really got me into that route of going down that education road. And then it wasn't really until when I graduated college and I started working at an insurance company that I really, one, quickly realized that I did not want to sit at a desk with two computer screens for the rest of my life. Even Um, though that's what you're doing now? I only got one now. (laughs) But yes, even though that is what I'm doing now, which hopefully I'm not doing that for the rest of my life Mm -hmm. because let's hope we education is getting You're best served in the classroom. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so, like, I remember it was when I was coaching at um, St. Agnes doing the 7th and 8th grade boys team. I remember my boss was like, yeah, sorry, you can't you can't change your hours to go work there. And I was just like, no, 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 no. I was like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not work. Like, yes, I'm coming to work every day, but I'm like, I want to be there. And we had this conversation when you hired me. Um, and it was one of those things that, like, things change. I get that, you know, but me not being able to coach that year is what really was like, I'm not in the right field. And so that's what drove me to go back to school and, you know, get my master's and do all that. When did you start crystallizing, like, 
coaching was going to be important because, you know, I think about just the beats that you are as a DOE teacher. How do you square that with just time? And, you know, I think about other, you know, I, I ref in the PSAL. Most of them are like gym teachers mm-hmm. at the school. And then they do the girls varsity game. Like you completely just go out of your way to teach here, but coach here. How did you start squaring away of saying like, no, this is very important to me. And I'm going to give this the same amount of energy that I would as a, as a teacher. I think because it's so important to, you know, help young people, whether it's in the classroom or outside the classroom. Um, and from the minute I started coaching, I was hooked. And cause there's so many lessons you can give on the court that transpire to outside, but then being able to, you know, cross those paths and in, intertwine them is that's when things really start clicking. So like, I've got a kid, so like I teach at bound and, you know, as you know, very, very good basketball program. And so I've got a freshman in one of my classes who he's very talented. He's up on, var- he's up on varsity playing with them, working out with them. Does he know you're a coach? Yeah. Does and, he think that's weird that, like, so, my science teacher is, like, a coach somewhere else? And, and so, that- like, the best thing is, like, I had, I had a conversation with his dad last week. The kid was missing one assignment, and dad's like, he's not going to be able to play basketball. He's like, he can't be missing anything, you know, and which I support because it's like, yo, you have to, you know, be strict with it. You can't. They're student athletes. They got to be able to do both. But, like, I get it when this kid's like, hey, like, can you help me on this lab? But... You know, right after school, I have a workout. So can we do it at 5 o'clock tonight? I'm like, yeah. Like, you're you're asking me for help. I'm, I'm not going to tell you no. We'll do it whatever works for both our schedules. And so it was funny when I helped him with this lab. Like, he was coming back from workout. It was like 4.30 when we jumped on the Google Meet. And I'd practice at 7. And so I was like, hey, I'm like, I got to be out of here by 6 o'clock. I was like, because, you know, we got to get there a little early now with temperature checks and that whole thing. We're just laughing. He was saying to me, he was like, yeah, he's like, I, he's like, it's just unfortunate we don't have our season yet. And so, like, for a freshman to be saying this to me, it's just like, yo, like, you're, you know, it's making a difference. And I think it's having that ability where, like, they know what I do outside the classroom. And being able to be like, oh, like, he, you know, he can help me in both aspects, right? Like, he's he's going to understand my schedule that I got practice or workout. And... As long as the kid is doing what he's supposed to be doing, that's all that really matters. You have time to get both done. They do. I learned that from Kellenberry. Like, there's just so much time to do homework. There's so much time to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You really have to segment that part. You shouldn't be wasting classroom time of thinking about the game you have at 730. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's – and to me, that's like a intimation of, like, how life's going to be because that's how life is. You have to segment portions of your life. Like, I'm a father, but I'm a ref. But I also run referee rant. Yep. So, but that's the thing. You got to balance all that to make time for everything that's in your life. Like you got to make time for, for Mace who's sitting outside, you know, playing NBA right now, you know, make time for you to put into the podcast, make time for you to ref. And, but then also you also got to make time for, for your wife and do all that stuff. And so it's like so many different things that are just requiring our time and being able to manage it. I think that's the thing that people struggle most with. I try to be organized with stuff. And just being able to be like, okay, so like, you know, I work today till 3.30. I don't have practice until 5. I could sit here and do nothing for an hour to then drive to practice. But but no, like, I have X, Y, and Z on, on my to-do list and what I need to get done. So, no, I'm not going to go sit in there and turn TV on. Like, I need to stay here and do my work. Are you happy we're doing this podcast instead of tomorrow? 
Oh, I'm fine either way. <laughs> like, I just want to see where it goes within your things that you need to do. I'm happy too because I got I so got so my 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 list of things to do was write that paper that I'm halfway done with. Podcast practice was canceled today, and I just hope our game against Dom's is not canceled tomorrow. Were you surprised that I hit you up today? No, I was sort of expecting it. Yeah? To be honest, with the snow right. being being like, you, I I wasn't expecting you to be like, hey, let's go, let's get this done now. But I was sort of you your whole thing of like, well, screw it, like let's just do it, let's see what happens for like tonight. I would be like, okay, come through, mm. like. I would have been done with my paper, so I probably would have been in a much different mindset than You'd be I am be- now. You're going to be in a better... Maybe you'll be more creative because of the SoCo. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll find I, out. I, you know what? It was really interesting to say that as much as we have the connection with the refereeing coaching thing and then basketball, like, I remember those beats in grad school, man. I miss, like, going to happy hour with my compadres. You know what I... I and I oh, just that's, talk- the, that's the worst of this. Because, like, <laughs> we're all remote. And so, like... With the program I'm in, it's, like, accelerated. And so, like, I'm doing, what is it, 24 credits in nine months every Sunday, 8 a.m. to 4.45 p.m. I get a 45-minute lunch break. If he's lucky, he'll give us a 15-minute break. For a year and a half? From January 31st to December 5th. Now, I am off the month of August, but it's a lot. That's a very late 20s thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, my thing with doing it now, it's like, what else am I doing with my time? No, I agree. I agree. And I agree. when when I, you know, I was pushed by my principal, my assistant principal to do this program, and when I applied for it and got in, it was like a week before our season was announced. And so, like, I was like, I ain't doing anything right now. And so, literally in a week, like, my, I went from having, like, 100% time to do whatever I want to zero. Can't you just put the video on in the sound on mute and record it? Well, no, I need to have the video on because he's like, this is like you can't very you can't strict. you can't mute it. You can't like I can turn I it can off be for muted, s- but also okay, I'm saying, can you can turn it off for three minutes and then come back? Can you do that? No, because what he says is like he's like, look, he's like, if you're going to the bathroom, he's like, we're adults. It'd be the same way as if we're in the classroom. Okay, get up, go to the bathroom. I just don't know what Zoom's like for college. You know, I've heard like high school. So, I just don't so know what college is like. He he times us. He times you. He times you how long you're away from the camera. So he's an elite professor. He, he no, he, he he's a good dude. Like I'm learning a lot, but he's he's a little nuts. And but so like you know, crazy finds crazy, and so it's all right. But the program, like, dude, I I've got to read like two three hundred pages every night, write two papers a week, and like I was like, this is this is a lot. You throw in coaching, you throw in work, you throw. I'm I'm tutoring three hours a week, and so it's like, when am I doing all this? It's an administrative program, so it's all about being an effective leader. And he said day one, he was like, hey, he's like, you know, it's not cheating if you collaborate on things. He's like, it's cheating if you take somebody else's words. And so I'm like, I'm taking that as if we can split up these readings. And so what I did, there's 24 people in my in my class, in my cohort. I was like, hey, I'm like, let's team up and do these readings together and divide and conquer. And all 23 others were like, let's do it. They bought in, huh? So we made four groups of six. That's very basketball coach of you. Without a doubt. And so now instead of me reading, you know, like like this week right now, I was supposed to read 12 chapters. Oh, I ain't reading 12 chapters. Like, get get out of here. So you're reading a portion of one I'm reading chapter. two because there's six of us in each group. So everyone's got two chapters. You write up your notes on it. We share our notes. And there you go. Now, it has to be to the point where your notes are so thorough that they don't go back to have to read it themselves, correct? So what I said with notes is... Because the whole thing is that his, you know, explanation of collaboration was like, you can pull the same quote, but I just want different explanations. 
And so I'm like, that's great. I was like, so in your readings, you know, just put down quotes that you think are powerful and that can lead to something. And so that way we can use the same quote, like you and I in class, like we can both use the same quote on like effective leading styles, but we're not going to explain it the same way. So that's not plagiarism. The quote is there for us to use. And it's the main important thing is how you explain your own words. You're making me miss being um, young and going to grad school. Now, talking about those quotes and explaining it in your own words, that's what we talked about off air with officiating. So I wanted to know just your whole experience of playing the game, coaching the game at the AU level, coaching the game at the varsity level, being a head coach at the JV level, and just coaching different teams in different situations. What has your perception of officials been this whole time? My big thing is if I can have a conversation with you and you can we can bounce things off or, you know, we'll probably get along. It's those type of guys that are just like so stonewalled. Like I you said, know within the first three seconds. Okay. I know I can know within me saying hello to you and how either your body reaction is or your actual reaction to me, I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna be in for it. Because I'm going to be like, you're not going to be putting up, you're not going to have a conversation with me. You're not going to be able to talk to me. I'm not going to be able to ask you, like, hey, you know, can we watch the hand checks? Or, hey, what did you see on this play? Because you're just not, you're not going to respond. And it's so different from each world that I've, I've coached in it. Because you start out when I started coaching at St. Agnes with the 7th and 8th grade middle school team. You were getting your bearings at that time. You were trying to define yourself, well, so identify was, yourself as a coach. I was coaching AAU at that time still, which was so different from then. We're like, this was this was not AAU ball, but like, it was like the old school refs who you know wanted nothing to do with. I don't know. I think I was like twenty two at the time, so they wanted nothing to do with the twenty two year old you know assistant coach. And then you look at AAU where there are guys who like maybe got their shirt like a week ago. <laughs> And then, you know, um, the best is, oh, talking to Carl about, like, patches and no patches and things like that. And, you know, you just get experience with different things. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I have John Kiggins, you know, which coached his son Timmy and was by far, one you know, one of my favorite favorite kids to to coach. Entertaining to watch, outside looking in. Without a doubt. But the thing I loved about John was... When we were at Allen Garden, if he was doing, if he was in the clock of the book for me, I knew, I knew damn well we were Gucci because like he would be yelling at the refs from from the clock, being like, "Yo, what are you doing there?" And John, you're a ref. Yes, and that was the best. What's part up with that? It. But then the best thing that he ever told me, and I use this all the time, and you're, I know you're gonna shake your head already. Carl shakes his head. Tommy shakes his head when I say it. Is he explained to me the whole quadrant thing? Okay. And so the whole, the whole thing where, you know, the half the cord is broke up into a quadrant and okay. technically you can only make a colon what you touch. So the one diagonal from you, that ain't your quadrant to make a colon. And so the moment John told me that, I was like, I'm like, oh my, I'm keeping this. I'm using this. I'm like, this is, this is good. And see, you're left right now because you're like, oh, why'd he tell you that? Where's John been? Last I talked to him, it was it was like this time last year. He was I forget the name of the restaurant, but in like Westbury, was trying to get me going there. And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, uh, I'm like, nope. Yeah, I wish him well. I just haven't seen him in a while, man. And I never got a chance to rep with him. I remember the first time I saw him. Like, isn't that that crazy ghost? That I just still craziness? remember the first time I had him as a ref. Was a loadable. You were like, what are you doing here? Even worse, it was an AU game before Timmy played for me. 
and Timmy was in the game. <laughs> and I'm like, this can't be a thing. Like, you are refing your son. Like, this, I'm, I'm calling bullshit. Like, no thank you. I'm going to give you a good vocabulary where I'm going to explain it to you. The word is insouciant, and that's when you... See, that's that Kellenberg education. <laughs> it is. It's when you don't care about circumstances, and that's a perfect example of being insouciant. He's doing... You know, I saw him... I, I only seen him ref once, because I always knew, like, yeah, he does things in Manhasset. He, you know, Tim obviously goes there. His other son, St. John's Prep. I saw him ref, and I'm like, I, I just couldn't believe it. it was the same guy that always gives me the most difficult time at Island Garden. But the thing I love about him is he he will stop to explain to a kid something. 100%. And I remember one of the things from him, and, you know, you can you know tell me if I'm wrong on this, but, like, especially when it first started coming, like the Eurostep, it's all to each ref's perception of it. And I remember what he told uh, one of my kids was that, you know, if you change two directions— I'm going to call it travel. And so like, yeah. what do you think about that? The way you, cause now it's more normalized. Now it's more normalized. It's a part of it, part and, of the game. So, and so I think now his thoughts might change upon mm, that. True. True. But just the fact that, you know, he called it the first time on the kid and like down the court, like explained to him why he felt it was a travel. So that way, when he went to go do it again, he knew not to take that hard jab to the right, mm. hard jab to the left, and change direction twice. Interesting. And that's my thing. Like, I think that's the biggest thing I respect about refs when you just, you know, explain things. Because I, I think that's 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 the biggest part of it. Yeah, listen, I, I was telling you off air. I had an exchange with Zaire after the game, right? So now I'm Ralph the ref from referee ran. I'm not your ref in this game. And listen, you know I act professional when it comes to the game. I do what I need to do in game. Yo, I'm a normal person, and and that's why I appreciate our exchange because you can see that this is how referees like. I'm not gonna give you. I'm not gonna like. Okay, now that I spent some time with Tim, I'm gonna give St. John the Baptist preference. I don't feel that way at all. No, but also you never like your you fall into that category of like. I don't necessarily want to say like, yeah, but you are a class act because you go into a game whether you know. You know, Jake and I, and let's be realistic. I know, know the other team, too. You know the other team, too. Yeah. And let's be realistic. Like, you're not going to play favorites, even though, like, there are points when we used to do JYL together. And, you know, Jake used to pay you money. But it's like, no, like, that I'm walking into that me. don't mean anything because I'm walking into the gym for this game and I need to be neutral. And now, yeah, you know, if, you know, I'm screaming at you, yelling, you know, up and down and just, like, chewing your ear off, like, you <laughs> might might switch you to the other side. No. But Still no. But but then that's the thing. That's the thing about you that nothing changes. Where you have guys that, like, if I ask you a question and it's just like, no. The only way I'll change the way I ref is if you're being like that right now, adversarial. And I don't even think of it as adversarial. I just think that you're, your emotions are being heightened with a specific situation. And you're only being heightened because of a specific role I'm playing in this game. Now, if you're yelling at me now, when we loose on some Southern Comfort and we're on a podcast, you're yelling at me now, then that's different. Completely. And, like, I think I think what's helped me, like, teacher-wise, and which actually might, might actually really be a great thing for you to say for the next coach that starts yelling at you, I say it to kids all the time. You know, if a kid bugs out at me for something, I'm like, okay, I'm like, so... What really are you mad at that you're taking out on me? Mm. Because I'm like, we just started this class two minutes ago, and you walked in like this. I was like, 
I didn't so do anything. You can't be the reason. I can't be why. the reason. You're just taking it out on me. And so, like, I get it. Shit happens sometimes. And that's a very DOE philosophical f- way to feel, though, because kids. But not like, many people. Not many people feel like that. Like I've had plenty of co-teachers that are just will just like match that energy. And where I guess maybe because I'm the special ed teacher, or maybe I'm just like, yo, there's got to be a reason why someone's being like this. That I'll be like, hey, like, what's what's causing you to be like this? Mm. As opposed to me just reacting and being like, hey, get out of my classroom. Because that does no good at the end of the day. That never does any good. No. So all this experience that you've had with referees and you talked about your perception of it. And, you know, I, I think that if anyone has Coach Blackford on the sidelines, like... I'm not going to say you don't bite because you do, but listen, he's just trying to test you, dog. Like, don't don't fall for the trickery. <laughs> but I'll, I'll say, would you ever consider Absolute, taking a— Absolutely not. Damn, I didn't even finish this. Absolutely thing. not. I think part of it is—I'm going to go twofold here. The first fold, right? I think the first fold is the fact that, like— I think I just get to a snapping point where if I was dealing with somebody who like I'm not going to mention names, but we, we we all know what person I'm probably I'm probably envisioning in my head. Where it's eventually going to get to the point by like if it's an AU game like that second half, or if it's like third or fourth quarter, and you're just rotting me like that, I'm just going to be like, yo, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Like, Why do you got to curse? I got to do extra editing for you. So there you go. Should I just you, leave you, it? You told me last time that I could say whatever and be freely and open. And you remembered that. Yeah. Okay. Then I got to leave it in there. But so like my thing is, it's just like, it, like I know I'll get to that point and be like, yo, like I know you're not talking to me like this anymore. Like, like stop it. And it's either just going to be like, I'll be, you know, my dick mode and just start calling every little ticky tack thing just to piss off him, piss him off even more. Or I might just be like, yo, sit your ass down. But then I think the second fold is, right, like, refs got to have an image, right? Like, they got to have an image where you walk in and, like, you know, it's that dude that you're like, okay, I know he's going to get up and down and, you know, be productive and do things and not, you know, the dude that's, like, a little little heavier, a little overweight. Like, I look at, like, Cesare, right? If I had, or even you, you're that, you know, you're not overweight or anything like that. Or, like, Caramello, like, you know, dudes who look athletic and get up and down. Like, if I had someone like that walk into my gym every single time, I'd be like, awesome. But now you get these old dudes that's just like, dude, you can't see your shoes. You are moving from foul line to half court and back. That's not to say they're not effective in your game, though. And listen, uh, I'm, I'm not defending it. I know, but I'm not I defending feel like- it. But I also know that, like, you get to a point where it's, like, so emeritus that you know what to do and you know how to control the game. Listen, I'm not... I'm not, que- I'm not questioning their physical ability. Like, I, I get what you're saying. Like, you wanted somebody more athletic. But at the same time, their their tenure on the court, they just know how to handle situations. you got to appreciate that, too, no? No, like, I appreciate their experience, but it's like, basketball is such a quick-moving sport going back and forth. Mm. You need to be able to keep up, keep up with it. And so, like, if there's a turnover, right? So if you're going from half court to the foul line, and while you're moving that way, there's a turnover, the ball's going back the other way, by the time you turn and you may not get back to half court, that team might have scored already. There might have been something there, and now the ball's coming back. And so it's like you not being in, you know, good shape is not going to get you, like, it's not going to get you into the right spots at the right time. You're not going to be a ref, huh? Hell to the no. Never? Never. There's not going to be one moment, maybe when you're 36. No. And you're like, wow, I can just ref it John Bound and Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I ref the John Bound and it was like a weird experience because like 
there was this little like marching band thing. I don't know if that's like a special thing there. Um, well, you're too busy going to West I'm, Iceland. I'm too busy why. going to West Iceland during the basketball season. Yeah. You should see that what's was, going on. That there. was the funniest thing during the interview. I don't think I had. Yeah, because I have my coaching and my teaching resumes completely separate. And so I didn't have any mention of that. And so um, just in talk, she's like, oh, do you coach anything? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I coach basketball. She's like, oh, we have. I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I know, you know, very well that you guys have a very good basketball program here. And they she, were going to be good, really, really good this year, too. They were really good. Well, also, two of them. Are they going to be good next year? Oh, definitely. He's got okay. guys coming in. Um, but also, two. They're double A, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Two They're Cardozo construction. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then two of them reclassed. Okay. So the kid number two, Tyshawn Trail, and then Amadou Diallo reclassed. Amadou, I think he's at Putnam Science already. Good school. Really good school. I don't know where Tyshawn's going. He, Tyshawn, I had, I didn't have him in a class. Uh, my co-teacher did, and I didn't teach that period. So there'd be a lot of times where, like, if I knew she wasn't doing, like, a big elaborate lesson, it was, like, an elective class, that I'd go in and just talk hoops with him and the other two kids on the team and, like, It'd be great. Did they go, yo, Mr. Blackford lit? So, like, one, so, like, no, because the thing was, like, um, they had played, they played Portledge in, like, a fall league game and, like, in the city. And so, like, you know, me having been there with Zaire and Jameer and Isaiah, like, you know, was just talking to them about it. And he's like, oh, you know, one thing leads to another. You start just talking hoops. And so, like, I would walk in towards the end of the class and, you know, these kids were just, we just, talk hoops and then finally one day he's like oh like after a game I think I think Tyshawn had like he hit like 11 threes in a game finished over 40 and so I was like I need to go talk to this boy way before the last five minutes class because I need to just you know talk to him about everything and so I literally sat there you know my co-teacher was like yeah if you want to sit in the group and do the work with them you can talk about whatever you want I'm like okay as long as they get the work done she's like yeah fantastic sat there I was like yo Mike let's get this work done in 20 minutes and we'll have 20 minutes to chill what grade is Jameer in now Senior. Okay. Because I'm like, I've ref these kids for like 10 yeah, years. Yeah, no, J- Jake and I, we were just having that conversation because we because our, our thing was, we're like, which I'm glad they finally had a game yesterday because originally the talk was that that league wasn't going to play. Mm. Um, but I think that's the great thing for that because you don't want somebody missing out on their senior year. I agree. I agree. I'm surprised that I had the first game of the season. Weird. Super weird. After everything you said, what do you think of the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a teacher and as a coach? I think it definitely took determination, some tough skin, and just like flexibility, being agile stuff. Being able to like change on the fly with things. I know that's a that's a big word teaching wise, but it definitely rolls over into coaching too. Like, you know, you can't just plan for one thing. You can't just keep going with your plan, you know, because at some point, it might not work. And you can't just be like, okay, you beat me my game plan. I'm just going to roll over and be done. Mm-hmm. No, you change. Like, you know, make adjustments to things. And so that's what's really got to be a key part to it. Tough skin, you got to be able to deal with stuff, right? And you got to be able to deal with people not being happy and people saying things and you being like, hey, like, this is how we're doing things. You know, whether dealing with a parent who thinks their kid should be playing more or a parent who, you know, is mad over their kid not doing something. It's just you got to be able to take the brunt of that and not overreact, which is funny because that's sort of what you got to be doing for refing. But I feel like me at the mindset, I might just be at the point of refing where I'm like, yo, don't talk to me like this. <laughs> like, 
I feel like it's just different because like with me coaching, it's my passion. Teaching is my passion, but I'm also getting paid for it. So like it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I'll take you yelling at me for a couple of minutes for me to then, you know, correct the situation. Whereas refing, I'd be like, yo, who do you think you're talking to right now? Like, mm-hmm. like just stop because this ain't, this ain't going to fly. That's true. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go as a teacher, as a basketball coach? Because I'm assuming that you want your own program program at some point. Quite possibly own program. I love what we're doing at Baptist right now. I love coaching with, honestly, one of my best friends and Jake. I love meeting Devon Smith last year. Like, has just been such, such a book of knowledge for me. Like, you know, he's got so many years of college experience, and I'm just like... I I need to just be in your ear and just just learn. Like it's been it's been awesome seeing how things are done at the college level from the two of them. Um, you know whether Jake was at you know Queens and Tech and Devon was at Post. Like it's just one of those things. that's just like this is I need to be here to soak in as much as I know or as much as I need to because there's so many different things that whether it's from just the aspect of how Jake cuts film. Or to how, you know, Devon is just like, you know, we got to be strict and to the point and just do stuff that it's just like, I have a lot more to learn. Yeah. Would I love having my own program one day? Yeah, definitely. But in terms of teaching wise, like, you know, I'm finishing up my admin right now because I feel like if I go be an AP somewhere or one day potentially a principal, like I can have that, that much more of an effect on kids. Like right now with me teaching, like, you know, I only see 100, 120 kids a day. Why not me try to be able to change the lives of, you know, a couple hundred as opposed to a hundred? Um, and because I think part of it, I compare to what, you know, I was like at my first school to where I am now at Bound. And like, I wasn't given guidance. I wasn't given training. I wasn't giving, su- given support to become a better teacher. And so it put me in a, in a realm and put me in a mindset that I was actually debating leaving teaching. And now I look back on that possible decision and I'm really glad I didn't go down that route to leave it because I honestly feel like I'm at where I'm I need to be but it's a thing where like I I don't want other young teachers to be in the situation that I was in and it's all about it's all about just growing and helping people learn because at the end of the day like that's what anything is in life like if you if you're done learning and growing you should get out of whatever you're doing right if you, if you're done from learning and refing Right. You know, no, that, that new move, like when the Euro step came in, if you were like, no, I'm not learning about this. I'm not learning how to call this. Yeah. 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 Like then get out. Mm. If you're not trying to learn and better yourself, then get out. That's when you know you're done. But yeah, no. Oh my God. Program one day would be great. I want to see, I do want to see Baptist, you know, through a little bit longer to see what, you know, what Jake really started What I was, you know, I'm looking back now. I think I'm the only person that was there from day one with him. And it's just, it's been really awesome to see what the change has been so far and um, to see what we can get to because we're we're young and we could really do some really, really big things. Mm. So I'll just ask you this just for my personal satiety. I've been a I've been an assistant coach for twenty one seasons and I've gotten opportunities to coach my own high school team. I've had opportunities to coach at the NCAA level, but I like being an assistant coach, man. Oh, okay. Now my question for you, because yep. so like I've had this conversation. You know, Jake has said to me, he's been like, "Yo, like, why don't you look to go get your own program?" I think my favorite thing that I love about it is I get to you know coach just as much as he does, but I don't have to deal with the parents. It's so much nicer. 
Right. And so also like a case in point, like last week, Tuesday, right. I had a paper due at midnight and I hit him up. Like, and I felt terrible. I hit him up like practice at five o'clock. I hit him up like four o'clock. And I was like, yo, I'm like, I'm nowhere near where this needs to be. I was like, I've, I've up this week in my planning and organization doing stuff. I was like, but I'm like, I can't jeopardize this grade to come to practice and not have this thing submitted in time by. And so he gets it. Like I told him from the jump what I was doing and he fully respects it. That's what, that's what I love about like our communication. Like we're just, we get each other and we figure it out. Whereas if I was the head coach, there was no chance in hell. You would have to I'd figure out how to juggle it. Yeah. There's no, there'd be no way. Right. And so now looking at that Tuesday, like I think from, from that point, from four o'clock when I texted him till 1030, almost 11 o'clock when I submitted it, I took like a 20 minute break just to eat. Mm. And so, like, the next day, Wednesday, when we went to practice, I was like, yo, I'm like, there's no way I would be able to swing that. And just, like, him, just the respect from him to be like, yo, you're fine. Like, mm. you know, and, like, and as I've said to him now moving forward, I'm like, I know how I need to do things, so this, is, this ain't going to be an issue anymore. And so that's just that's just one of the things. Like, yeah, like, would it be nice one day calling all the shots? Yes, but having to deal with all the parents, and, like, especially with us in the Catholic League, like, there are three levels of teams. So he's just not responding to, you know, our 15 varsity players. He's also got to deal with the whole program, the whole program. It's 45 because mm-hmm. it's his program. Right. Right. And so he's got to make the precedent and set the culture for his program. And he's got to be the face to all 45 kids, parents for his program. And I like just not having to deal with that right now. I feel you. And that's been me for 21 years. And it'll be like that uh, in five weeks from now. If you can describe the most sticky situation that you've ever had as a basketball coach. There have been quite a few. Um, I know a couple people are going to laugh at this one because he was definitely, pitch was definitely there for that. So Island Garden, court three, the low ceiling. Um, got my lightning team. I want to say they were probably ninth graders at the time, maybe 10th. It wasn't, it wasn't the year. Yeah, no, it definitely wasn't their junior year when we were big on recruitment. (laughs) And we had, we were playing... Wasn't the Rens? We were playing someone from the city. Really good game back and forth. They, you know, ten point game late on. I made a sub, brought in some kids from the bench that normally probably wouldn't be in in that type of game situation. I had one one of my bigs who normally would be in that situation wasn't having the best game, and so as a coach, we made the decision like, oh, let's go another route. Let's go with somebody else. And so going with that somebody else, we cut the game to overtime. We end up losing. We actually won if we could go back to film because someone, someone's uncle got it on film, but I, I ain't even saying to bring up to that. But we, we got a tip in before the buzzer went off. Um, so I, I, will, I will argue that one. And um, so as I'm talking to the team, you know, post-losing by one, talking about them, how, like, you know, I was very proud of them for not giving up, all that, which I didn't even realize at the time. The parent of my big, who starts and usually gets a lot of minutes, he was doing the book for me. He throws a chair in frustration of his son not playing. And so then, like, I hear some commotion. I'm like, whatever, like, you know, I'm not trying to, my focus on the kids. And then I have uh, one of my parents woke up to him and is now chasing him from court three at Island Garden all the way out the doors, being like, you're not going to disrespect him like that. Like, who the f*** do you think you are? And now... James Washington, right? Yep. So now when I realize what happened, I'm, you know, I'm now heated. Like, yo, what the fuck just happened? 
And I, I remember to this day, James grabs me and he's like, big fella. He's like, you ain't got to worry about this. He was like, don't do anything. You're good. He's like, you don't need to react. And so now I'm like, wait, what? The? I'm like still trying to piece together what, what just happened. Right. And then when I realized that there was a chair thrown in my rough direction, I'm just like a hold, hold. We're, court three? Court three. And I'm on the bench, like closer to crown. And so now the chair is thrown down the bench side. And so I'm like, hold the fuck up. I'm like, what? And James comes running over, bear hugs me. He's like, nope. Uh-uh. He's like, he's a young fella. He's like, I ain't letting you do this. That's why I love having him on games. Um, he's good, right? He's good. He's, he's con- also another good that can go underground and. He's consistent. Yeah. And that, I think that's my biggest thing with refs. Just, just have the consistency. Blue. White. Oh my God. <laughs> um, and I still remember like, you know, James did what he was supposed to do. James reported the incident. And so I, I still remember I was, I was teaching at the time. I got off, I got off Long Island River, Rockville Center. I'm walking home and Jim calls me and Jim's like, I want this kid out of my program. And I was like, Jim, I was like, yeah, I'm like, let me talk to the father first. I was like, because honestly, I'm like, why are we going to let the kid suffer for his dad being dead? And Jim was like, oh, I never really thought of it like that. He was like, you can handle it however you want. So I called the dad right away. And I remember I said to the dad, I'm like, look, I'm like, they want you out of the program. I was like, you know, here's here's the situation. Explain it to him. And I was like, I'm like, here's what we're going to do moving forward. I'm like, I don't even want an apology. I was like, but moving forward, you are never to speak to me. I was like, I'm only in a relationship with you. I'm only, you know, having you do this because of your son. I was like, you are never going to talk to me. I was like, I don't even want a hello, goodbye, nothing. I was like, drop your son off of practice. You can come to games, but do not talk to me. I was like, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, that was disrespectful. Because what, your son only played... 12 minutes as opposed to his normal 20 because your son had a terrible game and because we, you know, cut the lead from 10 to forcing overtime and you were upset that I didn't put your son in when he wasn't part of the team that brought us back. No, you don't act like that either. Like, you're setting a really bad example for your kid. And I remember, you know, it was just like silence and, you know, me being the dick I am, I then ask, hello, are you there? And he's like, yes. I was like, okay. I'm like, so are we good? We get it. He's like, yeah. And so I'd say that's probably, uh, yeah, it's probably one of the stickiest situations I've been in. But you grew from that, and it turned out to be a positive situation moving forward. Oh, it did, because I got a really annoying parent who didn't, wasn't allowed <laughs> to talk to me anymore. So it worked out really well, because this was also due to try to, like, would, like, try to tell me how to do things, and, like, right. me and my assistant coach were just like, oh, my God. Is he a coach? No. Okay, so. And that's the thing, but it's like, you, I. There's I, nothing else to explain. He wasn't disrespectful to me, so I didn't want to really be disrespectful from the jump. Right. But now that he was disrespectful to us, I'm like, okay, this is easy. This is just we're we're dead in this. Like you don't you don't have to talk to me anymore. If you could pinpoint one moment in your whole basketball coaching career, if you had a best moment, what do you think that best moment is? I think I really think the the best moment of my basketball career is nothing to do with wins or losses. I think it's I honestly generally think it's the relationships that I build with kids, whether it's from Frankie Fallon, who's at Malloy right now, who, you know, just hit a buzzer beater the other day. And, you know, my text to him was, you know, this is nothing new for you. You know, his senior year, he hit two free throws to beat Sawanica and move them to the next round. My relationship I still have with kids, whether it's Timmy Kiggins, who's at Bryan right now and, like, still the constant contact. And, you know, the other day when, you know, St. John's, when we got our first win, we post on Instagram and, you know, he's commenting on stuff or, you know, just the constant contact of kids who just like at the end of the day, like you don't realize how important of a, a life you play for these kids. Like we had, you know, I had this kid from, you know, 
I'm not going to say where is he from because, you know, everyone's going to know who it was, and I don't want to do that to him. But, like, you know, the kid was a stud football and lacrosse player. Basketball was his third sport, but that was his love. And so in high school, he he dropped he dropped basketball, uh, dropped the other two sports to solely focus on basketball. And I remember conversations with his parents. I remember conversations actually with his football coach because I used to work with his football coach's brother, so we had the connection. And his football coach said to me, like, hey, can you try to get him to come back to the field? He's like, he's we, we need him. I was like, look, I'm like, he's not going. Like, he, he wants to focus on this. He's now playing up for a SUNY school. And when he got that, he just, the, the text he sent, he sent me and my assistant coach just saying, like, hey, like, you know, my parents didn't even believe in me in this. And you two are the only ones that believed in me. And, like, to get that and be like, holy, I really, like, impacted this kid's life. And he's still a kid to, to this day, like, holidays, everything. Like, he checks in on me. And it's just like, at what nineteen now? He doesn't have to do that, but he does. And he's not a good kid. He's a great kid. He was probably one of the. F- he's in my top five of favorite kids I've ever coached. And it's just like those relationships you build. Like you'll never, you'll never be able to forget those memories. Whether it's like tournaments and stuff, like hanging out with the kids, or just like those are always going to be ingrained in you. And clearly, they're ingrained in the kids. If I'm making that much of an impact, where these kids are still hitting me up, you know, constantly checking. That it was so heartwarming, man. Yeah, you know, that that's the reason why I still coach. Exactly. It's you like know? it's. I don't. At the end of the day, like yeah, obviously winning's great. Yeah, right. Winning's great, but at the end of the day, like especially for for doing high school, like coaching high school stuff, it's like okay, if the kid's goal is to play in college, my responsibility is to get you to that level. Yeah. If you just want to hang out, then go ahead. Mm. Like, oh my god, one of I had this kid who was at Chaminade. Oh, my God. So, junior year. Junior year, he gets cut. Comes, plays with me. AAU. And I had, like, a couple of his buddies on the team. And I remember, like, one dad was like, you know, like, he's never going to give you an issue. Like, him and his dad, like, aren't really worried about minutes. And I was like, okay. I'm like, you know, I met the kid, met the father. I'm like, okay, seem like good people. By the by the end of the AAU season, this kid, if he wasn't starting for me, was the first kid off the bench. My first guard off the bench. And he was the only kid on that team who didn't play high school ball the year before. Now fast forward to his senior year of high school, and he makes Chaminade. Now fast forward to Chaminade in the playoffs. In the championship game, this kid's the first kid off the bench. And he just like, I, I, I think he had like a 98 average kid. So smart, like dumb smart. And like one of the nicest kids in the world. His dad was the man. And like, but it's just it's just that thing of like always being like, you know, having that. And that kid is just always going to look back and be like, yeah, like he, he never gave up. And he said, he was like, oh, he's like, I, yeah, I'm not even going to go out. I'm like, no, tr- try. Just senior year. Like, why not? Screw it. And that was the coolest thing because that was my first year at St. John's. So I got to see all my Shamanad boys play against them twice. You know, I got to see Timmy and Danny at, Kellenberg, at uh, Trinity twice. You know, Richie left Kellenberg at that point already, but like so that's like three seasons ago now, right? That was three seasons ago. That's crazy, my first year of Baptist, and that was that was like the coolest thing about joining the Catholic. Then, like I was like seeing everybody grow and having a mutual respect. Even and though that was it's not the thing, and like the like the coolest thing ever was we were we played Trinity on their senior night. I still remember like their coach like knew of my relationship with some of the kids, and so he said he was like, hey, he's like if if you want, you can stay out. And so I was like, I'm like, that's, that's really respectful. And so I did, like, I stayed off in the corner, but like, just to see those kids out on their senior night was just like, 
I can't I can't get that back. Like there's there's not gonna be anything with that. No, hundred like, percent. I just I just had a conversation with a ref that also does volleyball and I was telling him like, you know, I do this and He's like, why don't you come and ref? And I, I said to myself, that really is the only connection because, you know, as we talked off air, as referees can't really practice refereeing unless they're in the game, we don't have the same impact that we have as a coach from being in the practices of mm-hmm. having all of those contacts with the parents and checking up on them in school and then following up when they get older. It's kind of like a, like a hearsay thing. Like, oh, I heard that so-and-so was at this college and they're doing well. It's never like a... You know, come from a mutual respect, like, I did two of your games. I hope you do well. I hope that you succeed in college. When you're a coach, you're able to have those same beats of, like, how are they doing in school? You get to know what they're doing that day. And you get to see them as grow as, you know, young adults. And to me, I don't know if I can, you know, the the other ref, who's also a basketball ref, he said, you'd be perfect for for coaching, uh, for ref and volleyball. I just can't do it. You don't want to give that up. You I don't want to do give it. up that relationship you have with your girls. Never. And that's my thing. And so that's where, like, you know, in a couple of years when I get to that crossroad of, you know, me potentially going to be a principal somewhere, which, you know, if for those of you who know me, it's scary. It's going to happen, though, if those that it, know you it probably will, will. And, you know, they'll all, they all laugh. You know, Cesare's are even like, yo, hire me. I ain't got to do shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, like, it, it ain't going to work like that because, like, the same me that's outside the building that ain't going to be me inside. And mm. to be honest, if, if I'm boys with you, I'm probably going to ride you harder. Like I'm probably going to demand more from you because mm. you're going to be the one having to set the example for everyone who doesn't know me. Mm. When I get to that crossroad, I'll have to, I'll have to decide, you know, and I think there's a lot of things that go into play with that. I originally got into teaching because it gave me time to coach. And so it's going to be interesting to see if, you if know, it supersedes it. Yeah. And so, cause it is a higher purpose though. You know, you, you are, is. you, you are in the, the front lines of like, you know, sometimes in basketball, when it it feels like it's your ticket out, sometimes it feels like it's more important than education, which is, you know, hardly from the truth to me. And Come, as much as I love and, refing and you love coaching, you know, it's 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 a classroom, man. It's those and completely because at the end of the day, like they are student athletes. Mm-hmm. The student comes first, and so if they ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing in the classroom, shouldn't I'm sorry, be playing. You're not gonna be playing. Like you're not. Um, and so I love I love the strictness of the Catholic League with that, with their with their rules and everything with that. You know, it's a little different in the city, but it's one of those things that's gotta be there's gotta be this understanding that if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you shouldn't be rewarded by playing a sports or even, you know, you look at some of the theater things of like performing arts and stuff like that. Because those are all, in my opinion, bonuses. Mm. <sighs> Coaching and teaching has done so much in your life. You've had such a deep impact for so many young people. Um, all the people that you've touched, what does coaching mean to you? What do you think it's given to you in your life? It's definitely given me a purpose. It's the reason why I do things. You know, I think the worst part of it is like that gap between winter and spring where, you know, you're not doing anything for a couple of weeks. But also I think it's one of those times that you need to recharge um, because if you go from being a high school coach to AAU to summer league for both AAU and high school and to fall league and everything, you can – it's a lot, um, but it just gives me gives me another sense of you know making impacts on kids' lives. Like at, at Baptist, like Jake jokes to make, I'm the team tutor. You know, if someone needs help in math or science or social studies or anything other than English, yeah, it's, let's go see Blackford. You know, and whether it's before practice or after practice, like yeah, let's go jump in the room, go jump in, you know, to the little cafeteria and 
let's work on this. Because at the end of the day, you have to, the kids have to find a balance of both. You know, you can't, you can't be, you know, not doing what you're supposed to be doing in the classroom, but then playing. But then also you need to be on the court to succeed. So it's a double-edged sword. Mm. Listen, man, I appreciate your, all your contributions that you've done to all of these young men that you've been able to have an impression in your life, you know, continued success in all the endeavors that you have in terms of teaching. And of course, just the trajectory that you have on the coaching level. I just hope that I don't feel your wrath in, wrath in real time as a uh, Catholic League referee. I, I, w- I would love to have you. It's not even wrath. So Maybe like, Kaz knows that he shouldn't give me those. I don't know. Do you think Kaz knows like who who like you know my, I feel like my Kaz, dudes are? Kaz like, knows a lot. Kaz knows a lot. That's I don't even know I'm what saying. he looks like. He's probably had your game. He probably just didn't even know it was him. I don't know. We'll see. I think he actually did our did the Portland Shamana game with Cesare where I bugged out Cesare for teeing up very possible. for for something that yeah. was very stupid. Listen, Cos bailed me out. Shamana at St. Francis Prep. The coach is like, who is this guy? He's like, it's one of my guys. Leave me alone. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Yeah, what are, what are your next steps in life? What are your goals and aspirations <laughs> to come from all this? Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I take every day, day by day, man. But it seems the more I do this... You know, I think that we have a connection of just like connecting with people and having an impression on their lives. I feel like I'm best served. You know, sometimes I feel like I might have to, as much as I have ambitions to be a Division One women's college basketball official and just do it at the highest levels of high school, sometimes I feel like I'm best served in connecting referees and connecting coaches and players to just have a conversation, just to be able to have a better understanding of saying like, you know, we're not adversaries. You might feel emotionally impacted in that moment, but I, I'm coming from a respect of saying, like, I can empathize as a coach of how you're feeling. Now, I know it's not going the way that you want it to, but that's what the call is, man. Like, I, I, there's nothing else I can say. It's the call. I, I, know it, I know you're disappointed. That's what it is. So I feel like if I continuously have these conversations, at the very least, not to say that I want to soften our relationship when we're refereeing, but like at least you come from a mutual respect that say, I work hard in my my craft of refereeing. You work hard at, at your craft of coaching. And at the very least, like we can agree to disagree. Exactly. And there's got to be that mutual respect for each other. You know, it's got to be that look of like, hey, you're busting your ass and what are you doing? And I'm busting too. And yeah, we're not going to agree on everything. Yeah. Because you might make a call that's not in your quadrant. And I got to deal with it. I've never had that, though. I never had that. I might have joggers, though, in the beginning, man. But that was a good memory, man. Tim Blackford, Ralph the Ref, this is The Rant. We are signing out. Peace.